Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network, presented by Extreme Threads. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. All right, lacrosse fans, grab your pencils, grab your paper, take your seats, settle down and look up front, pay attention. It's time for Extreme Threads Lax Class right here on Lacrosse All-Stars, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. And welcome back uh, once again. This is episode number 21 of Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. It's Jake Elliott. It's Evan Schemenauer back with you as we look back to week 16 in the National Lacrosse League and look ahead. Evan, I'm going to remember right off the top to introduce our guests this <laughs> week here on Lacrosse Classified. I remembered without your help once again, and I did it early. Garrett Billings, who has to be in the running for Comeback Player of the Year if he hasn't wrapped it up already, of the San Diego Seals and potentially the Langley Thunder this summer as well. We'll talk to the man they call GB. Uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes' time. And then the right-handed snipe show, the man they call Benny Mac, which is a little funny because his name doesn't actually even have an A in it. It's Ben McIntosh coming up uh, in about half an hour's time here on Lacrosse Classified. Thanks for joining us again, Evan. Uh, it is an absolute banner day here. We're recording on April Fool's Day. I was going to maybe do like a, a joke saying this is like our last podcast or sponsors have all bailed out on us and uh, we're going to have to kill the show here. But then I thought that's not going to make a lot of sense when we release this show on April 2nd. Um, so well, anyways, it's a, it's a beautiful, gorgeous day here in British Columbia. What's it like uh, over there in Saskatoon? Uh, actually down at Calisus today, but it's, uh, it's windy here. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think about it, we woke up this morning to the news that the MLL is contracting. And the first thing you're thinking is, is this a joke or yeah. is it actually happening? I cannot, I can honestly not believe, and it's not a joke, uh, and it's not really funny, but I cannot believe they picked April 1st to make an announcement like that, just to add to the confusion of like, what the hell is going on? Man, like what a day to pick to do that. Well, I mean, the MLL is the MLL. It's, it's done crazy things like this in the past, but you've put out a schedule already. You've had a couple supplemental drafts, yeah. an entry draft, and, and you know, players are ready to go here in, what, two months? The season starts, and now all of a sudden, oh, guess what? A third of you are unemployed today. Yeah. Um, now, now, I get it from one perspective in that if you're going to go to battle with the PLL, you don't want to be dragging around dead weights, right? Like Charlotte was a team that was struggling hard financially, but to do it this late in the game, yeah, bad I don't, luck. I've never understood that league how they managed to pull things off. Yeah, bad luck. And you know they say Charlotte's going to come back in twenty twenty one under new ownership. Uh, the Ohio Machine was was the surpriser to me that you know there's a market that uh, has done quite well and there's a lot of youth lacrosse leagues have sparked up because of the machine there and. Um, 
Yeah, sad news. Uh, I think it's pretty probably pretty predictable news uh, that that came, but I think you know the timing of it, uh, like you said, is is what's most confusing in Florida. The launch uh, are the other team that is going bye bye. So we're just gonna have to watch and see what happens. But the PLL obviously having a direct impact on that, and uh, who knows? Maybe that'll be beneficial to the National Cross League where we like to sponsor focus our attention, Evan. Um, Maybe the NLL benefits from this with those guys uh, now being out of a job and looking for work. Maybe they decide to give box lacrosse a try and uh, the league will be better off for it. Who knows? Anyway, so no, we, yeah, so, sorry, Evan. Uh, I was just going to get on to, I'm excited to get on to uh, Stampy Tax, who we had here, because somebody this past week did a little better than the other guy. Yeah, but you're still four games behind. So you got what four weeks to make up four. It's still that's one now, game per week. Even me, who's not a chartered accountant like yourself, can do that math. Evan, one game per week was all I have to make up, and suddenly we'll be tied at the end of the season. <laughs> But see, I had the pleasure of meeting your girlfriend, Danny, this weekend. I think she's actually looking forward to you being in some cowboy mm-hmm. outfit and getting a good laugh out of this year. Yeah, well, uh, look, be careful because I know you guys had an extended conversation and I learned things like you used to play the French horn uh, back in your hey. youth. So uh, yeah. just just be, be careful. Uh, and I also, also heard that uh, you're a dead ringer. And, and I, I can't believe I, I didn't recognize this before, but your nickname actually on the reservation where you work is Harper because you're virtually a doppelganger yeah. for Stephen Harper. Yeah, um, and there's a few people I do have to get back for that. But, no, it's been an interesting nickname, especially for a guy that's actually an NDPer. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a little off. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just go on the Internet, look up Stephen Harper, then look up Evan Scheminar if you can spell that last name, and uh, you'll see. Put the picture side by side. It's it's quite shocking how from, or, uh, similar you guys look. So, um, you know, I got, I got a little bit of dirt on you from her over the weekend. Uh, we had a great time. <laughs> time in in saskatoon um i do have to say i i have to get after it a little extra hard this week because uh we kind of threw caution to the wind eating wise uh this weekend in saskatoon and i wasn't too particularly too pleased when i stepped on the scale this morning so uh got a real good work in here before uh today's podcast and we got to get back on track evan because i want to see that scale going down not up uh over the coming weeks here Hey, get the get the carnitine out. I told you that. Get the PBL out. That it works. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do that. I'm gonna have to do that. Uh, we'll touch on PVL here in a bit, but uh, let's focus on Stampede Tack right now because it's on. It's time, Evan. It's time for Stampede Tax, Who we had, and they are your complete source for boots, hats, belts, jeans, and anything country. I was out in. Stampy Tax, big shop out there in Cloverdale, Evan, last week. I picked up myself a pair of brand new Blundstones. Uh, the staff there could not have been more helpful picking out those boots for me. Uh, checked out uh, some potential shirts uh, that I may be donning a little later on. Uh, so we're getting things organized. Maybe. And, yeah, yeah. No, it is a maybe. maybe. It, it is a maybe. Uh, but uh, I was out there at, the, at Stampy Tack, and uh, we got some fun things in store for you uh, coming up in the summertime as well. So keep uh, keep oh. track of that. And I know uh, our friend Dave Salisbury, who won the big contest last week evan uh was pleased as punch uh, sent out a couple of pictures looking good in that blundstone cowboy hat i must say 
Yeah, no, it's uh, he seemed very pleased. I was very pleased. I know Sam Pintak was very pleased with all the attention. So everybody won in the end. All right. Well, uh, you can find them online at stampede.ca. And you can shop online where shopping online is still shopping local. Okay, Evan, just four games in week 16. I cannot believe it. Uh, already 16 weeks gone in the National Lacrosse League. Uh, four games on deck. Let's go through it, who we had. In the opening game, we had different picks. It was Philadelphia at Toronto. And this one was another one-goal game, another one-goal victory for the home team as Toronto gets past Philadelphia 12-11. Rob Hellier with six points. Johnny the Prodigy Paulus with seven points in that one and a great crowd on hand in Toronto as well. The crowd's getting better there at Scotiabank Arena. Over 11,000 to watch that one between the Wings and the Rock. And of course, we got the Wings of old instead of the Wings of new. And what I mean by that is at the start of the year, Philly couldn't get out of the gate in the opening quarter. They were way behind, and they were trying to play catch-up and came short a few times of pulling it off. And that's exactly what happens here. They're down 6-1. They're down 7-2 awfully quick in this one. They tried to come back, and I have to say this. Pleased that they were actually able to put in the effort they did. Philly's magic number right now is one. So if they lose any game or New England wins any game the rest of the year, they're out. But you know what? They're still putting in the effort and still trying to get wins. You know, so I'm very, very happy to see that. Matt Rambo put in a heck of a yeah. performance that fourth quarter, and uh, so did Jordan Hall. Uh, you know, that's where three quarters of the Philly offense came from. Not guys you're expecting to see it from, but it worked. Um, you know, for Toronto, they 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 qualify for the playoffs now, but they're a game and a half back at Georgia. They two and a half back of Buffalo. Georgia's already got the tie break on them, so they seem to be locked into that number three spot. Something you know, and it looks like their chances of actually having a home playoff game have pretty much been shredded at this stage. We'll see. We'll see. Big head to head coming up with the Bandits this weekend uh, for Toronto. And yeah, I had Matt Rambo down. He had six points in that game. And Matt Rambo is just too good of a lacrosse player not to kind of figure it out. And I think the box game is starting to come to Rambo, and he's a real fan favorite there uh, in Philadelphia. He's a native of Pennsylvania as well. So um, it's good to see because I think more and more guys like Matt Rambo are going to be coming into this league. And it's just a matter of getting reps and getting experience. These guys are ultra talented. They're amazing athletes and just need reps inside the boards. And uh, look what they can do. Six points for Matt Rambo. But they come up a goal short. You had Toronto. I took Philadelphia. So you extended your lead to six games as we moved across the country a little bit over to Calgary at the Saddle Dome where the first place San Diego Seals were taking on the Calgary Roughnecks. And just watching the comments from Curtis Dixon and Kurt Malowski after this uh, performance on their home floor, they were not pleased with the way they came out in this game and played from start to finish, uh, really. They weren't happy with their goaltending, their defense, their offense, their special teams, their transition. They did not like any of it, and the scoreline reflected it here, Evan. Curtis Dixon gets his 700th point. Dan Dawson gets eight points in that game, including his 500th goal. Frank Chiliano solid again. The Seals win again. I picked them, Evan. 16-9, the final over the Roughnecks. 
Interestingly enough, actually, you were almost one of the only people that picked them. Um, a lot of people have taken Calgary to win this one. Curtis Dixon, actually, the one thing you forgot to mention, the probably the goal of the year, although I've seen him do this once before. Yes. For those that didn't see it, he's he's got the ball one-handed. He goes behind the back. Sub-shot. You know, underhand and, and, you know, yeah, and... You know, top shelf, and it's like, what the heck? But yeah. he's actually done that once yeah. before. So let's 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 talk about this here for a second, Evan. Because last summer I was doing a Maple Ridge Burrards game, and Curtis Dixon scored like this. And I and I stand beside the PA announcer there in Maple Ridge. His name is Jamie. So we were discussing it at the intermission. Like Curtis Dixon's done this more than once now. Like he. Like, this isn't a fluke anymore when he scores this goal because he's done it, I want to say, at least a handful of times now, whether it's been yeah. for the Roughnecks, the Peterborough Lakers, the Maple Ridge Burrards, even in junior, I think I've seen him, see him do it. So um, He did it last year in the NOL. Well, there you uh, go. In a game against Colorado. Yeah. So, so we were thinking, like, what are we going to name this? I've also seen John Grant Jr. do it a number of times as well. Both those guys went to Delaware. So, Jamie, my friend Jamie in Maple Ridge says, well, why don't you call it the Blue Hen Hoosker Do? And I said, Hoosker Do? And he goes, yeah. He goes, well, what else are you going to call it? And I said, I really, like, I, I didn't have a better name for it. They both went to Delaware. The Blue Hen Hoosker Do was kind of what I was thinking of going with. But I posted it up on Twitter last night. Warrior tweeted it out. Uh, and I said, name this shot. And I got a bunch of responses on it. But I think the one that I liked the best was the Beyonda. And Jack Bionda, for folks that don't know, is an old-school lacrosse player who maybe had the best stick you've ever seen. And this was with a Woody, of course. And I think he is the originator, the OG, if you will, Evan, of the creation of this shot where he goes behind his back, underhand, uh, around his legs, kind of. And I think we're going to go with Bionda. We're going to name this shot the Bionda, and I really hope it catches on because I think that's a great way to pay tribute to, to one of the legends of the game and the guy who kind of did this shot first. There's a story that he scored a goal like that from center at Queen's Park way back in the day. Well, I, th I think back to when John Grant Jr., I think you were even calling that game. It was in Vancouver where yes he was he was a good 25 feet out when he pulled that yeah shot he did off it on a run and he skipped and it shelf. far side top yeah. corner yeah tyler richards is still looking uh for that ball <laughs> that got past him still uh, yeah one of the craziest goals i've ever seen so anyways i think we're gonna go with beyonda the beyonda on that one evan so uh let's hope that catches on uh, let's move along but, here yeah. in Stampede Tax. who we had evan we got a big show coming up we got to keep things moving here uh Vancouver went into Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan winning two games previous in Vancouver earlier in the year. They're looking for the queen sweep in the season series, and they get it done. And this game was really done by halftime, I would have to say. 5-1 in the first quarter, 5-1 in the second quarter. That equals 10-2 at halftime, and uh, the rush got a little dicey in the late going, I'll say, but they kind of just went on cruise control here and steered this one home 12 to nine as Adam shoot gets a win on his home floor for the first time. Good to see a breakout performance from Robert church with four and three and the Saskatchewan rush clinch a playoff spot with a three goal victory over the struggling Vancouver warriors. Yeah, this first half was hard to watch and uh, I was kind of teasing you on the text saying it must be funner calling these games on the other side than he was back in the days of the stealth because this was a stealth performance. 
one person sent a message at halftime and it couldn't ring truer. It was new owner, new arena, new name, new coaches, new players, same old Vancouver. Yeah. This was just atrocious. And the one thing that maybe saved Vancouver was Aaron Bold played out of his mind in the second half. He only allowed, he only actually allowed one. The other one was an empty netter. It's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Rush have this history of having these huge leads. Last year, I think they blew a couple six-goal leads in the second half. And they, uh, luckily this time it was eight because they needed all eight. They were they gave up six of them. One thing that you have to take away from this one is how chippy this was. And I'm starting to think you're starting to see these little uh, results of, the Crawford decision in that, you know, Nick Bielich played quite an aggressive game. Does he play that aggressive of a game if he's sitting on one match penalty and possibly six? No. You know, you had Kyle Rubish and Logan Chess almost go at it. You had all kinds of fights going on, a few majors. This was ugly for a while, and you were just waiting for somebody to get seriously hurt out of it. Uh, yeah, Russia in the playoffs for the Warriors, their magic numbers one. Only way for them into the playoffs now is if they win out and Colorado loses out. Um, for the Rush, they're two games behind the Seals for that first overall spot. Luckily, the Seals have a couple rough games this weekend, both on the East Coast. The Rush do play them the following week, so they need to win that and make up one game somewhere else. The Rush would have the tiebreak of that scenario. So first place still isn't out of reach for the rush, but they got to clean a few things up. Yeah, I, I just to go back to the physical nature of this game, like I didn't, I didn't think it was overly dangerous. It started with a big open floor hit and a clean one at that uh, from Nick Bielich. and then Messenger absolutely blew up a Porter brother. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, then Barker took a run, and that was probably the the most dangerous hit out of all of them. Uh, Thompson kind of reaching up for a loose ball, and Barker kind of came through and cleaned his clock. And that's when Bielich and, and Barker decided they were going to square off, and both guys dropped their gloves, both guys dropped their helmet, had a good scrap, and uh, their night was over. Uh, also a couple of tilts uh, in New England as well, but... Listen, I didn't have a problem with any of it, really. I thought this was a really good, hard, physical lacrosse game. And i got to give Vancouver some credit for not folding their tent at halftime. They easily could have just packed it up and said, it's not our night, and, and kind of coasted through the second half. They didn't do that. Bold came in and, and really kind of turned that game around, and they kind of kept chipping away, chipping away. And, uh, yeah, very disappointing first half for Vancouver, pretty encouraging second half for them. And, Probably vice versa for Saskatchewan. It's just kind of human nature. When you get up on a lead that big to kind of take your foot off the pedal, and when you do that in the National Lacrosse League and Pro Lacrosse, teams are going to come back on you. Saskatchewan able to hang on, clinch a playoff spot, and uh, move back up above 500 to 7-6. and six. Final games, uh, we both had Saskatchewan in that one, by the way. So the lead was at five going into the final game of the weekend. It was a Sunday affair from Mohegan Sun. Usually a time and a day that New England is very strong and likes to win on. But not this Sunday, Evan Scheminar, as my Rochester Nighthawks go into New England and drub them with a 13-8 performance, just three points 
for one Callum Crawford. We're going to talk about that in a second. But Mike Burke, the high man with five points for Rochester, 50 saves for Hill, and you got to think he's going to be the guy down the stretch here for Rochester between the pipes. Uh, and like I said, uh, my boy, Andrew Suter, the champ, and, and Tanner Thede getting after it at the end of that game. I saw Watkinson uh, involved as well. So uh, good-spirited affair on a Sunday from New England. But my Rochester Nighthawks that I picked, Evan, win this Your one 13-8, and yeah. I close the gap down to four as we head into Week 17. So progress was made in Week 17 yeah. by yours truly. And I'm back within striking distance, baby, here as we head in to Week number 17. Um, and that's Stampy Tanks, who we yeah. had. Well, before we get into the the nasty, nasty episode that happened in this game, mm. yeah, Warren Hill, I think he faced just shy of twenty shots in the opening quarter, and he let one in. Yeah, fifty. So when New England was going hard in that opening quarter, he kept them at bay. Once again, you gotta love Rochester's effort. This season's basically done. And the rest of this is a trial period for a lot of these guys. Yeah. But they haven't given up playing and that you know, you, you gotta take that. Um These guys got know, a lot of these guys got a lot of pride. They're professional athletes, Evan, and and yeah, the record obviously for teams like Vancouver and Rochester and uh, it's not Philadelphia. It's not where they want to be, but these guys are going to continue to come with the same approach and go out there and put their best foot forward every single week and, and try and get W. So uh, got to give uh, Rochester a lot of credit this week, uh, getting that win over New England, who had a chance to clinch a playoff spot and just couldn't get it done as they're now 7-7. Seven and seven. And you look at their 7-7 seven and seven record. You look at Saskatchewan at 7-6, and six, even Calgary at 7-8. and eight, And you, I just... I don't know what it is about New England, but I just feel differently about their seven and seven. Like it, I I feel way better about Saskatchewan seven and six than I do about New England seven and seven. You know what I'm saying there? Well, well, it's the teams that are in front of them. That's the difference, right? Like Saskatchewan's got a San Diego team with that hasn't had, played as a team in the playoffs before. Saskatchewan, even if they finish second in the West, they've still got a pretty good chance of making the final. But we're, for New England. In an East now, and we go back to that stat that we used to have. What was it? I believe now it's the teams in the East are 25 and 6 at home. New England has pretty much solidified itself in that four spot now. So they're going to be playing likely Buffalo because Buffalo is a game up on Georgia but has the tie break. So Georgia in the last three games has to flip two to get first place. Right. For New England to go into Bandit Land and then probably down to uh, Georgia to get to the finals, I don't like the chances. No, no, me either, me either. But uh, you never know. In a one-game showdown in this league, anything can happen. we got to get to break here pretty quick, uh, Evan. But obviously we want to touch on uh, – well, I don't even know if we want to, but we kind of feel like we well, have we to. Well, we have to. Callum Crawford, uh, man, his first game back. If you haven't seen the video, check out Lacrosse Flash. Uh, they got it posted on their timeline. I think Colin Grimes was uh, the first one to put it out uh, with the with the hashtag. Well, that didn't take long. And if you haven't seen it, ball comes loose. Jake Withers and Callum Crawford kind of battling for a loose ball. Crawford's stick gets chopped out of his hands. Uh, then it kind of what like his stick kind of gets stepped on, and he turns around. 
And I've watched this thing, Evan, in super slow-mo, frame-by-frame, kind of trying to determine where initial contact was made. Maybe give me your thoughts uh, right off the top on what, I mean, I was absolutely, I could not believe what my eyes were seeing when I saw it the first time. I was just like, are you kidding me? The contact is to the chin. And I mean, people say that it's the chest. It's, It's to the chin. That constitutes part of the head. Now, Crawford got a major. Now, let's just go through the scenarios here for a second. If that gets upgraded to a match, 41-4 for what it's worth. Let's say it's not worth a whole lot right now. But for what it's worth, if they were to go to a match, triggers an automatic 11-game suspension, which will go to an appeal and who knows what. This one's less clear about it being upgraded than it, than the previous one was where he jumped and hit you know a clear elbow to Kree's face. But there are elements of the play that do suggest a match. So Brian Lemon's got something on his hands that guaranteed on Friday morning when the email comes out, we're going to be watching to see what happens. But here's the thing. They defended him that, you know, it's in the ruling that says, He's a 14-year veteran. He hasn't had a history of incidents, all this. This is in the ruling as to why his suspension got reduced. And the first game back, he does this, yeah. and he, he leaves his feet in the end? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. He's it... Like, anybody that now says, well, Callum Crawford isn't a dirty player. He made some bad decisions. I'm starting to not believe that so much anymore. Yeah, I was one of them. Um, the whole arms out to the side, like what? What? What did I do? Who me? Uh, kind of act is is starting to wear thin. He's done that all three times now as well. And I like. I think it's a play that happens in lacrosse more frequently than obviously the other two occurrences that that got him in this situation in the first place. Like this is, this is something that kind of happens in lacrosse. And if it's two completely different guys in this scenario, I think maybe, yeah, you, you definitely get a penalty. It's probably a major. It's nowhere near a match. I don't think. And you know, withers. Yeah. He took one in the chops. I think he sold it pretty good to be quite honest with you. Like I, I've, I've been in that situation before and he got his hands up in his face, left his feet, made contact with the head. To me, the the biggest problem I have on this is that you just came back off a of suspension and your first game back and you do that. Regardless of whether it was intentional or egregious or dirty or not dirty or a penalty or a major or a ma- you just came back from a suspension and you do that. Like, I just, I cannot believe he did it. And he did it. It's right there in video. So now, now the door is open. Now let's just sit back and see what happens here because there is a major public outcry from yeah. NLL fans alike uh, about this this latest infraction like, here by Mr. Crawford. The odds of it going to a match and going to an eleven game suspension, I think, are pretty slim. I, I like don't expect that to happen. Could it happen? Yeah, it could, but. I'm not expecting it to go there, but yeah, when the entire lacrosse world is watching you, especially with what has transpired, yeah. that's the last thing you can possibly do. Not only that, but 
New England was actually still in the game at that point. Yeah. And you just took the last five minutes away to give them any chance to catch them out. Yeah, just a like bad, that, bad that luck. Is stupid. Bad luck all around. And uh, I don't know. I don't know where it stops. I don't know where it starts. I don't know what you do. But uh, that kind of stuff just can't continue. And, and I mean, just got to be smarter. Just got to be smarter. It's just a bad look. It just looks really dumb. Uh, when you watch that, and and if it was anybody else besides Callum Crawford, and that may not be fair, uh, but that's that's the reality right now. If it was anybody else, this is probably not even a story. But the fact that it was Callum Crawford in his first game back, and he does that, that makes it a story, and it's unfortunate because uh, that's that's not the look uh, that anybody wants. Really, I, well, it's not good for anybody. Anyways, uh, we've uh, kept Mr. Garrett Billings waiting long enough. We're going to be joined by him on the other side. Keep it locked right here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, lacrosse fans. This is Steve Deep Fryer. You're listening deeply to Lacrosse Classified on Locks All-Stars. Deeply growing the game, one podcast at a time. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Big thanks to our friends at Extreme Threads, our title sponsor of Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. You can find them at extremethreads.ca, sales at extremethreads.ca. Sign your team up. I was by there. They got a brand new warehouse uh, out there in beautiful Port Coquitlam, Evan. I uh, went by there the other day. They're getting all the teams ready here for summer ball coming up. Uh, some beautiful jerseys coming out of the works there at Extreme Threads. Make sure you're yeah. signing your team up, and when you do, you get some free stuff. Your coach, your manager will get some swag, courtesy of Extreme Threads. Just mention my name when you sign up, and uh, that's how easy it is. Uh, joining us on the podcast now. I don't know if the NLL has a comeback player of the year award. I don't think they do, but I think they should probably make one just for this year because if they did, this man would win it. It's Garrett Billings on the podcast, GB. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jake. My pleasure. Our pleasure, Garrett. Uh, Speaking of pleasure, you must be experiencing a lot of that, uh, having the resurgence, the comeback season that you're having here for San Diego. How much fun are you having playing lacrosse right now? Uh, it's pretty good feeling in our locker room right now. Um, you know, the only thing you want to avoid is getting too high on yourself at this point of the year. We haven't really won anything, but, uh, I think we can be proud of the success we've had so far. Do you have a situation where you really didn't play in the NLL really at all for two years? You really hadn't played a full season in five. When you got signed by San Diego, was there ever any doubt that you could find your old form from the Toronto days once again? Uh, I mean, a large reason why I tried to come back and play this year was because the staff uh, that uh, we have in San Diego. You know, I played with all three of those guys in Toronto, and I knew, and, and kind of they know from the conversations we were having in the summer, you know, it was, it was kind of like, you know, let's get you back and 
you know, play the way you played before and we'll put you in that situation. We know what you can do and we hope you know what you can do. And so uh, let's, let's try to make it happen. So, you know, I just, uh, part of, like I said, a big motivator for me to play was knowing I could play for these guys and, and how well they know the game. And, and I knew we could be successful. Was it as simple as that, Garrett, getting put into the right situation and getting the opportunity, or was there a little bit of a physical aspect to it too? Like it for me, watching you kind of come back after that pretty serious ACL injury, and I know you went through some some family things as well, and it just didn't seem like your heart was in the game for a couple of years there. But you really seemed to, and I don't know if that's the case or not, and and it's easy to understand why it wasn't if it wasn't, but it just seems like you're just so much more rejuvenated, refocused. You look like you're running better. You look like you're in better shape and having more fun. Like, it, is it a combination of everything or is it just being given the, the opportunity? Uh, funny enough, I, you know, everybody always talks about the knee, but when I came back to Vancouver going in the first, first season, I mentioned this before, but my ankle went on me. So it kind of was like, it was like swollen all the time. Like I had sprained it, but, but it needed to get cleaned out. So, it actually really slowed me down for a couple of years, and it's hard to play the crossbow when you can't run. Uh, tie that together with tell me about you know, it. Man. Tell me was, about it. <laughs> obviously, there was you know there, there was some. Uh, it wasn't you know things that I ever clicked in Vancouver for I think for a lot of guys. So you know tie those things together, and, and it doesn't look very well, very good from the stands. One thing that I'm absolutely amazed about your play this year is I'm watching you play. You got the ball. And I'm kind of trying to anticipate what's going to happen with the play. And all of a sudden, you're feeding a pass cross floor to some guy. It's not even in my peripheral vision. And the ball's in the back of the net. Is it easier working with this group of guys that you can pull these plays off? Or are you just seeing the ball that much better now? Uh, like I said, I think, you know, once you get on, on an offense where we're on the same page, I felt very similar, uh, same way when, when we were playing in Toronto. Just everybody is willing to share the ball. They're all doing their little things right. And, you know, the ball, if you share it, it will end up in the back of the net. Speaking with Garrett Billings of the San Diego Seals and, and of course, Josh Sanderson, your offensive coach there in, in San Diego and, and a guy that, you know, you sent a lot of passes across and, and probably caught a lot from him as well. Um, talk about him as a coach, Garrett, and, and maybe something you didn't know about Josh as a player that you've found out about him as a coach? Um, you no, know, he's very similar as a, as a player. I mean, at that point in his career, he was pretty much having another coach on the bench. Uh, you know, he knows the game very well and it's not, he also knows how to manage the, uh, the personalities too, which I think is actually probably the biggest challenge as a coach in the NL. Cause there's a lot of guys on the bench, like, uh, no, you know, no, almost as much as the coaches. Like look at Dan Dawson, like the guy standing beside me, he knows <laughs> yeah. as much as any coach in the league. So, I think half their battle is uh, is putting guys in the right spot to be successful, and it's and it's chosen spades. Look at how many guys on our team are having big years. That's due to Josh and Pat knowing where guys could be successful in their system, where maybe another coach wasn't seeing that side of them. Well, speaking of these guys, you know, of course, your resurgence, Dan Dawson's resurgence, even you know Brody Merrill playing well, Frank Chiliano having his best season that I can remember. Who is it on that team that has surprised you the most with? what they've managed to bring to the table this year. Um, I mean, you've seen Doss do it before. I mean, I think Frank is having an MVP season. So I don't, uh, I didn't watch him a ton in Calgary. Like obviously played against him, but I think he's probably the best going in the league at the moment. So it's pretty impressive. Uh, what, you know, and him playing like that just gives that whole defense confidence. So then obviously translates to the off, translates to the offense. So 
uh, all the props in the world to him. Speaking with Garrett Billing to the San Diego Seals, um, I haven't been down to San Diego yet, uh, Garrett, but you know, talking with a lot of the Saskatchewan guys that were there uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and other guys that have been down there, just give me the vibe of lacrosse down in San Diego and are, are people really starting to take to the Seals and how fun of it you've been around. Uh, you've been around the league, you've been around a couple of different markets. How, how much fun is it to, to be a member of San Diego? It's really cool. Um, you know, with, with the guys running the team, uh, having experienced NLL by between Josh Gross and, and Steve Covet, they know, they hit the ground running. They know what they want to accomplish in the community. So when we're down there, we are busy teaching kids lacrosse. And like I've probably taught thousands of kids lacrosse this year down in San Diego. So it's a very grassroots effort. Like it's not very developed uh, down there, but they're doing all the right things. And if, if you've been in the building for one of our games, you'll see it. Our fans are super loud and really get into it. I mean, I think we've done a good job of giving them some stuff to cheer about, but, I mean, they've been, they've been awesome so far. Coming into a stretch in your schedule, which is going to be perhaps the toughest of the entire year, you're in Georgia, you're in New England this year on the opposite coast, and then you host Saskatchewan in a game that's probably going to end up deciding first in the West. What is it you guys need to do over these next three games to maintain first spot? Like I said earlier, I think it all starts uh, from Frank out and, and if him and our defense are playing well, then, then things will click for us. I think it's a, it's a great test right, going into the playoffs. We have the convenience of knowing that we're going to be playing the week after the season. But uh, these are big, big measuring stick, and we'll see where we, where we sit. Um, you know, we haven't seen Georgia or Buffalo yet, and those are two of the best offenses in the league. So we'll know where we sit uh, very soon. Uh, last one here for you, Garrett Billings. Uh, I know you're focused on a big NLL stretch drive here, but uh, be remiss if I didn't look forward to uh, a big WLA season coming up and potentially uh, donning the black and blue of the Langley Thunder once again this summer. Uh, any plans in the works uh, to play some summer ball? Uh, yeah, Langley's always been my team and, and probably always will be. So you know, a lot of exciting young talent, and Rob Buckins built, uh, built a great young franchise. He's always trying to make improvements, so I'm not going to be surprised if a couple more bodies move in, but uh, I had a lot of blast planned yeah, last summer. I felt like the old guy uh, in Langley for quite a couple years, so uh, <laughs> it'll be nice to get back and play with those guys. Uh, you know, young, exciting talent between Eli Salama and, and you got Tyler Pace up front and, and Connor Robinson. So it's worth the price of admission to come watch the Thunder play this year. You bet you. Uh, and age at the end of the day, Garrett Billings, just a state of mind. Hey, uh, don't forget that sunscreen down in San Diego, man. Uh, the sun's no joke down there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I uh, try to stay out as much as possible. Yeah. Jake, yeah, we're hot when you're down there too, man. Me and you both, uh, my friend. Garrett, thanks for the time, man, and we will uh, catch up hopefully sooner than later. Thanks, guys. That was Garrett Billings of the San Diego Seals, and a lot of people were questioning whether Garrett Billings could ever get back to that form that Sam put up 100-point seasons in Toronto, Evan. Um, I think he silenced a lot of critics this year down in San Diego. Oh, no question he has. When he signed there, I was looking at it like, you know what, maybe, because you know, on an expansion team where you're trying to build from scratch, a guy like him, if he can get it together, can do great things. And the last couple of games, I just sat there and watched him, and it's like, oh, there's another, oh, there's another, oh, there's another. And just in awe of what form he's been able to find these last several games and steal the show in San Diego. Yeah, and it, and it cost Steve Govett and Josh Gross and Pat Merrill absolutely nothing 
uh, to put pen to paper for Garrett Billings, and what a nice surprise he has been for them. And it's it's great to see because I like watching Garrett Billings play lacrosse. I think he's kind of got a unique style all his own, and uh, not many players do it like he does. And uh, I always enjoy watching number 13 chuck it around down on the turf. Uh, we got to get to break here, Evan. We got another big guest. couple of righty studs on this week's program. Ben McIntosh, Team Canada, Saskatchewan Rush, Maple Ridge, Burrard, coming next right here on Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to the Cross Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time. And helping grow the game of lacrosse, well, Pure Vital Labs does that. They sponsor a ton of lacrosse players. Curtis Dixon, Christian Del Bianco, all sorts of lacrosse players under the stable of Pure Vital Labs. All natural supplements, you can find them online at pvl.com or their social media at Pure Vital Labs. Uh, ben McIntosh now joining us here on Lacrosse Classified. Benny, I wanted three, you gave me two, but I guess more importantly, you got the victory and clinched a playoff spot on Saturday night in Saskatoon. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that feels good. It always feels good. It's step one finished anyway. Well, how important was that step one? Sorry, Evan. I, I know it was. Uh, it's it's kind of been a, a bit of a roller coaster season where you guys have won a stretch, and then you lost a stretch, and then won. Is it time to kind of get on a roll here for Saskatchewan and finish the season strong? Yeah, we've had a bit more changeover to our team than we're used to in the past. So uh, we're still kind of coming into our own, but it's definitely getting into crunch time, and we got to start stringing some wins together and start peaking because playoffs are coming up quick. I think back uh, the last several years in Saskatoon, and of course, fans are so accustomed now to the rush winning 13, 14 games, being in the final every year. And losses like they've come this year are just not accustomed to them. Of course, they don't remember the Edmonton days at all. What What is it that's happened? Is it that there's a bit of a uh, championship hangover going on, or has everybody else just stepped up their game and you know maybe played their best game against you? No, I certainly feel like, especially at the start of the year, we were we were probably the team to beat. So we were maybe a team that people circled on their calendar and knew they you know they were going to have to come out and play their best, but. I think at this point we've just we've just struggled. I think every team kind of goes through that. We're you know we're not as young as we used to be, and we've had a couple more injuries. Like we haven't had a goalie get injured before on us in a year, at least not since I've been with the Rush. Now we got Kirky out, and so Shooters had to step in. He's done really well for us, um, but we just haven't had that kind of adversity in the past. So we're seeing that a bit more this year. Teams have scouted us, and like I said in an article, some teams have is even. St- stolen a lot of our plays on offense so we've been scouted pretty good for the past couple years um so we're having to mix some things up and then on the dn we've had a bit of turnover so i think we're all it's just a matter of, of four or five different things that have happened to us this year and we're just figuring them out 
Speaking with Ben McIntosh, do you think that's like that's to me that's not such a bad thing to have happen through a regular season to face some adversity, especially if you haven't faced it in a couple of years like you have. I mean, maybe you don't want to face as much as you guys have gone through, like you said, losing two top-flight defenders and your starting goaltender going down and new pieces into your lineup and all sorts of different things uh, have happened with the rush this year. But at the end of the day, do you kind of feel like maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world to happen, to, to get some tests along, to be pushed along through the regular season so you get yourself prepared for a playoff run? No, and I think it's inevitable, right? Like, no matter what league you're playing and what sport you're playing, you know, we've kind of had our reign on top for a few years, and it's not going to last forever. So it's definitely it's good to have some adversity. You know, we're going to have to peak in the playoffs, and we're going to have to play our best lacrosse if we want to win another championship. So, no, I think it's good to have some adversity for sure. Looking back at the team you got, um, the Coquitlam connection just can't be denied with a number of guys that just happened to play in junior almost at the same time. And you all literally were years ahead of your your uh, prime because you had this connection. Talk to us about how critical that was way back in the day to getting the rush to where they are today. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. We seem to have most of our guys come from uh... – either Whitby or Coquitlam. So it's, it's good. I mean, chemistry is such a big part of lacrosse. So having that and having been able to build, build that for, you know, four or five years before we even got to the NLL is extremely helpful. Yeah. And, and for, for people that don't know, like you, Churchy, Marty Dinsdale, Travis Cornwall, Mark Matthews, uh, there was a time there with Riley Lowen. Like there was a, a big group of you guys that were all on the same junior team that was regarded as one of the probably the best junior teams ever. Uh, speaking of Bobby Church, um, you know, he, he had the holdout in training camp and then kind of started the year with a bit of an injury. I think he's pretty close to 100% now, and we've all been kind of waiting for 17 to get going. He had a big one last week. Uh, how good was it to see him kind of bust out with a seven-point performance? Yeah, no, I mean that's good to see. Robert's such a such a good player. You just know he's gonna he's gonna bust out of it. I mean, Robert and I have room together, so we've talked about it. And I and I hear what he's saying, and he was a bit frustrated. So having gone out there and scoring four goals, getting three assists for him, that's big. And I think we'll we'll start seeing him put the ball in the net a lot more now. Just a bit of comedy here. You actually have a cursed jersey. That sits in the Sask Health Center. You're aware of this. No, I've heard this, but I don't know the full story behind this, so I'm looking forward to this here. There is one fan. His name is Ryan Booth. He has a Ben McIntosh jersey, and this jersey was made up before you could even just go in the rush store and buy one. He actually had to go get it personalized. He's got it autographed. I think this thing has one win in it, about eight losses. Is it time for him to finally give this thing up to you and, I don't know, burn it or something? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I don't want him to give it to me, that's for sure. You can burn it. I told him it's time to get him a new one. I'll help him out, but we definitely need to get him a new Macintosh jersey because I've heard of it, and I've had uh, countless tweets tweeted at me about it, so... Yes, it's definitely time to burn that one, and, and we'll get him a new one. All right, so. you heard it. You heard it right here, Ryan Booth. Uh, you get a hold of us here at Lacrosse Classified. We'll get in touch with Ben McIntosh, and we'll set you up with a new number ninety Saskatchewan Rush jersey uh, just to get rid of that thing. But we we got to have some sort of like seance or ceremony where uh, 
we exercised that thing right out of its uh, existence. Speaking of number 90, I know you're, you you like to wear number 9. Is that just a simple thing? 9 wasn't available because Curtis Knight, so he stuck a zero on the end of it? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was, and I, I've, I've stuck with that going forward. I think I'm going to keep it, too. I'm, I might even try using it in some other leagues. We'll see. You might be the only 90 in lacrosse, right? Like, I don't know. I, don't, I can't think of another 90. <laughs> Yeah, well, there we go. No more number conflicts now. What's the one thing that has surprised you about Saskatchewan the most, other than the lovely minus 40 weather that we've had all winter? Are you talking in terms of the city or the fans? or the city, the fans, whatever comes to mind. Yeah, you know what? It's Everyone there is incredibly friendly. We get treated really well there, whether it's you know people at the hotel we stay at, people at the arena, people going out for lunch. It's just... It's really cool. You're sort of a big fish in a small pond, to say, in, in Saskatoon. And, and I mean, they they love the lacrosse. I mean, we love them. They're, they're super fun to go and play in front of. And, yeah, no, it's it's an awesome city. And there's a lot of good food in Saskatoon. I wasn't aware of that before, too. Yeah, that's uh, it's funny you mentioned that. Evan and I, along with, uh, along with my girlfriend, went and checked out a real kind of uh, sleepy little establishment in Saskatoon over the weekend called La Bomba. Uh, real authentic Mexican food. Uh, so if you're in the Saskatoon area and you want some good Mexican, go check out La Bomba. I highly recommend that as we speak with Ben McIntosh here of the Saskatchewan Rush and also a member of the Maple Ridge Berards, whose season is looming large here. And uh, you guys went out and picked up another Rush teammate in uh, a big deal as you ship Marshall King to Victoria and you get Jeff Shetler. In return, yeah. how excited do you look across the floor and see 77 uh, wearing a Burrard jersey? Yeah, Jeff's uh, shots is he's an unbelievable player and he's going to help us big time. He's, he just does everything right, not just score goals, but he's super, super talented on the ground. He can get back and play some D. He's, he's a great player. He's a lot of fun to be around and he's a good guy in the dressing room. He's a veteran guy, so that's going to help us a ton in Maple Ridge. <laughs> With the Man Cup being out west this year, is this the year that the Berards pull it off? <laughs> We're going to try. We're making a good effort anyway. We're going to do our best. I hope so. I'd, I don't know what the plan is, Benny, but if, if you guys do end up hosting the Man Cup, I don't know if it's going to be inside Cam Neely Arena or not, but man, oh, man, <laughs> if it is, that would might just be the all-timer. Like I, I, can, I can just picture what Cam Neely Arena would be like for a man cup game and it just it makes my mouth salivate a little bit like i i want to yeah. see that really badly i don't know how much swing we'll have but i'll definitely be pushing for it to be there that's for sure yeah like i if think that's a it. it's a definite home floor advantage for you guys in, in cam neely arena there's no question about it uh last one here for you benny mac before i let you go uh, maybe i'll ask you this why do they call you benny mac when your name doesn't have an a in it <laughs> I got to be honest with you. I never come up, came up with that one. I'm not too sure. Um, I guess when you're saying Macintosh, you, yeah. it's a, it sounds like there's a name. I was just like, I put your name in my phone, and I was like, man, I better double check my spelling here. And, and sure enough, no A yeah. in Macintosh. Uh, last one here for you, and, and obviously uh, probably some still – uh, a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth from Netanya Israel as they open up an old wound, but uh, a chance to maybe redeem yourself uh, in September in Langley uh, for the World Championships of the indoor variety. I don't know when uh, the coaching staff and GM are going to get around to picking a squad, but how hopeful uh, and excited are you to maybe put the Maple Leaf back on? 
Yeah, I mean, I would be, it would be incredible. It's one of the coolest things you can do in our sport, right? Playing for your country. You're not making millions of dollars in most cases. So playing for your country is really, it was really a big deal for us. Um, I, there's lots of good players out there. I'm not sure that I'll make that team, but I put my name forward and we'll see what happens. Well, you're on my team if I'm picking it, Ben McIntosh. I can tell you that appreciate much, that. man. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, appreciate uh, you spending a little time with us here on Lacrosse Classified. Uh, we'll see if we can get in touch with Ryan Booth and, and get a new McIntosh jersey for him so we can get that cursed thing out of existence. And best of luck down in uh, Denver, Colorado, man, against the Mammoth this weekend. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jake. All right. That was Ben McIntosh. I'm sure he wanted to thank you too, Evan. Probably just forgot. Uh, Don't take that personally. (laughs) All good. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to break here. Uh, Big thanks to Ben McIntosh for coming on. And uh, he's going to be a big part of things coming down the stretch here for the Rush, as he always is. One more break to come here on Lacrosse Classified. And then, Evan, it's the sensation sweeping the nation. It's Stampy Tax. Who you got? Right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Paul Day, head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified Extreme Threads. Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. You know by now what they do. They create first impressions and you can find them online at Associated dash labels.com they have like cutting edge technology when it comes to labels and packaging down there at associated labels and packaging they are on the cutting edge and leading the industry on new technology and the way they do things down there all environmentally friendly as well and ahead of the curve when it comes to that is my man sean ashworth and the folks down at associated labels and packaging make sure you check them out Associated-Labels.com. Evan, it's time for Stampede Tax. Who you got? Uh, And before we get to the overall standings, let me tell you that Stampede Tax and Western Wear is your complete source for boots. Check out their huge selection, and I mean huge, of cowboy boots and blundstones. I got myself a new pair. Can't wait to wear them. CSA-approved boots. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale since 1967. That's a long time. Uh, find them online at Stampede Dark. Flourishing. Yeah, they are very, very fertile. <laughs> they're very, they're flourishing. Yeah, for fans, for fans that don't know, uh, we we have this little chat group that you know a bunch of us are in, and and we were giving Teddy Jenner a hard time because uh, during the Mammoth kind of struggles, their offensive struggles. He mentioned that the Mammoth were flourishing, and I kind of said, flourishing? What are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, flourishing became a thing, and now we're kind of having some fun with it, and I worked it into a, a read during the Saskatchewan Rush game, in case you might have heard <laughs> the that. Trifecta. Yeah, yeah. We had some, we had some fun with that. Um, anyways, Stampede Tech, find them at stampede.ca. 
Shop online, still shopping local. Okay, Evan, before we get into who you got here for week 17, I got one pick more than you did last week. So the gap is four. Give us the overall standings uh, before we get going here. I'm 52 and 26. You're 48 and 30. 48. Which, oddly enough, I think you would actually, with the IL Indoor Group, you'd be in first place, and you're still four games well, we're behind. Not, we have a higher so. standard here on Lacrosse Classified than they do over there at uh, IL. So I don't, I don't want to use that as the barometer, Evan. Uh, we have a higher standard here on Lacrosse Classified. So. 52 and 26, 48 and 30. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Six. Count them up. Six games here this week on Stampede Tax. Who you got? Let's get into it because uh, we're coming up on an hour already. Been a good show so far, but a big finish coming right now. 11, or check it, 12 and 3. Buffalo Bandits, two Friday games, four Saturday games. First one on deck, Buffalo at Toronto. This might be the game of the week right off the get go here, Evan. A 12 and 3 Bandits, 9 and 5 Rock. Evan Sheminar, who you got? This is this is a tough one to start the week off too. Buffalo's the better team, but they got, they're coming off a of bye week and they've had troubles off the bye week. Um, ready to flip the coin on this one? I don't know because Toronto, yeah, they won this week, but they struggled the week before. They maybe were a little lucky to get this one. No, not doing the coin. Let's take the Bandits. I just think they're the better team. Oh, man, all of that, and then you're just going to pick the Bandits just like that, huh? I think i got to take Buffalo, too, because I just – I wouldn't surprise me if Toronto wins, but I, I that's not the game I, I want to lose ground on with that game right there. I, I'm tempted to pick Toronto, but I'm going to play it safe here. Now that I'm only four games behind, I feel like I'm – much closer than five for some reason. So I'm going to pick Buffalo, too, just because you picked Buffalo. Next game up. Well, well so much for having the game of the week. Uh, this might be the game of the week right here in Week 17, Evan. Nine and four San Diego Seals taking on 11 and four Georgia Swarm. San Diego all the way down to Gwinnett County, Duluth, Georgia. Seals, Swarm, Evan, who you got? Pretty simple here. Western teams do not have a good record going down to Atlanta. The travel gets to them. Simple reasoning to take the swarm. Oh, is he going to take San Diego? Let's see. Is he willing to take the gamble? Let's see. It's actually not a big gamble, though. That's the thing. Give me the seals. Give me the seals, Evan. I'm going to do it. Taking San Diego. Actually, no, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to take Georgia. Give me Georgia. Changing my mind. Ooh, didn't have the guts to do it. No, no. <laughs> I, I almost did, and then and then I, I reconsidered. I uh, had it written down. I crossed it out. I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take Georgia. Uh, next up, we're getting into Saturday night's action now, and it's the 7-8 and eight Calgary Roughnecks coming off a loss to those San Diego Seals, taking on 3-11 and 11 Philadelphia on their home floor, coming off that one-goal loss to Toronto. Roughnecks at Wings. Evan, who you got? Another tough one, and it's, okay, which Calgary team's showing up? The one that 
handled Rochester to the one that got handled against San Diego. Which Philly team's going to show up? Uh, can they play a 60-minute game? Based on the fact that Calgary could go out east to Rochester and cruise to victory, I'm going to take the Roughnecks just because I think they can do it again. Philadelphia. I keep taking Philadelphia. I don't know how many times they've come through with me, for me. Um, a couple times they have. Man. I just think I just think Philadelphia is a better team than 3-11. Like, I think they could honestly be like... Seven and seven right now, like without. That's what makes it tough. Yeah, like yeah. without question, I think they could easily be seven. Give me Philadelphia. I'm taking the wings. I'm doing it. Our first differentiating pick, Kevin. I got Philadelphia to beat Calgary on their home floor. That's two tough weeks there for the Roughnecks. Uh, Rochester, then at home for San Diego, then back across the country to Philadelphia. That's that's a tough schedule. Uh, next up, San Diego, their second game of the weekend, and it's a Saturday nighter from the casino this time, a rare Saturday night game from New England. Seals and Black Wolves. I, I know who I'd taken an animal matchup here, Evan, but uh, who are you taking in the lacrosse matchup? Wolves or Seals? Yeah. Who you got? Yeah, if you're in a neutral site and these two teams are playing on equal rest, you take the Seals. I can't do it here because... It's their second game out east. It's going to be a three-hour flight. It's going to be a two-hour bus ride to get to the casino all all in one day and then try and go out and play when you just played one of the best teams in the league. I just think San Diego is going to be missing a bit of energy. I'll take the Black Wolves. I'm going to take San Diego, Evan, and I am so happy you picked New England because I think San Diego is going to flat-out win this game after losing against Georgia. I don't see them going 0-2 on the weekend. Uh, so give me San Diego here. I don't think uh, they're going to be affected by that travel. And I don't, I just, I got a weird feeling about this Black Wolves team. I, I don't know what it is. I just feel like something is amiss in that, uh, with that team. I don't know what it is. I'm taking San Diego. I can tell you that. So there's uh, two same picks. There's two different picks with two more games to go here on Stampede Tax. Who you got? Toronto with their second game of the weekend. They will play at home on Friday. They will play on the road on Saturday. Not a huge travel day. Just a quick bus trip down to Rochester. Rock. Nighthawks. Evan. Who you got? I have question marks down in my notes next to this one. And it's tough to think about that a team that is virtually out of the playoffs against a team that is well in them, and you got question marks. Well, first off, Toronto's got back-to-back games. That's not going to help. They haven't been playing well lately. That's not going to help. Rochester played a heck of a game this weekend. Not going to help. I'm going to take the Rock because I don't think they lose both of them this weekend. That's the only reason I'm taking Toronto in this one as well. I don't see them going 0-2. Um, I think Rochester is going to give them a heck of a game, but I think they're going to come up a little bit short. I think Toronto is going to be desperate, especially after losing against Buffalo, if that should happen on Friday night. So give me the Toronto Rock to beat Rochester. Recapping once again, before we get to our final game, we both have Buffalo to beat Toronto. We both have the Swarm to beat San Diego. 
You have the Roughnecks. I have the Wings. You have the Black Wolves. I have the Seals. We both have Toronto. And then our final game of the weekend in Week 17 will feature the Saskatchewan Rush at 7-6 and six into Mile High to take on the Woolies at 6-8. and eight. Evan, who you got? Tough one. Tougher than you think here. And the reason I say that is in Colorado, you got Dylan Ward who can steal a game at any point in time. Saskatchewan's got Adam Shute, who's still trying to find his way. I think this is where the rush starts to turn their season around. They start to get some wins like we're used to seeing them. Plus, the thing is, I know you're taking the rush. I don't need to lose ground to you on this one. So I'm definitely taking the rush. <laughs> okay. Okay. I... That that really tempts me to take Colorado, but you know I can't. I just I can't do it. I can't do it. I know uh, I know the Rush are chartering down to Denver. I know they're taking all their sponsors uh, on a fancy uh, little weekend getaway this weekend. So that'll be fun um, for all those. I'm surprised folks. they didn't do that next weekend, but yeah. Well, um, well, next week because next weekend they got that ugly yeah. travel schedule. For those who don't know it, they're playing in San Diego Friday night. Saturday morning, they get on a plane to Phoenix to get up to Saskatoon at around 5 in the afternoon to play a game against Philadelphia. Yeah. So I'm surprised that's the one they didn't charter the plane. Well, that's what makes this weekend really important for Saskatchewan because I think a split the following weekend might be a – like if they can get the Friday game, it wouldn't surprise me to to see Philadelphia steal a win in Saskatchewan. It really wouldn't because that that was a hellish trip. Uh, but you're right. I think it's time for the rush to kind of put their foot down here a little bit. I know they don't have Evan Kirk, and but to me, Adam Shoot, the more minutes he plays, the more stops he makes, the more confident he gets. And I only saw really one bad goal on Adam Shoot uh, against the Warriors last week, where I think the previous two weeks we saw maybe three or four. So I think trendy in the right way, and I think he's going to play even better in Colorado. So give me Saskatchewan as well. Um, so there you go. We got, uh, what? We got two differentiating picks. Is that the deal? I think so. That's right. We both got Buffalo. double check it. You... Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. let's cut the lead in half this yeah, week. Yeah, because you, you switched your mind the one game. Yeah. I did. I did. I did. Which I'm totally within my rights to do before the recording comes to a close. Uh, that's the window of opportunity there. So, if you want to change any of your picks before we sign off of this uh, episode 21, Evan, feel free. No, I'm much more confident. That I, when I make a pick, I stick with it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked about MLL contraction. Uh, we talked about the milestones. Congratulations to Dan Dawson on his 500th goal. Curtis Dixon on his 700th point. Um, I don't know if you saw yesterday, I mentioned April Fools, I thought it was pretty good. The Junior Sambellies and Junior Adnacks traded GMs uh, via Twitter on uh, on Monday, which was kind of funny. Um, right to play, I know for Saskatchewan, Ryan Keenan is kind of spearheading that charge. Uh, check out Ryan Keenan's Twitter page uh, for the place to donate to his account, Right to Play. Um, we mentioned on the broadcast on Saturday as well for operationsmiles.ca. You can text 45678 or go to operationsmiles.ca and donate if you can to help change a children's or a child's life um, with a simple surgery 
um, to help them be excluded or help them not be excluded just because of the way they look. So I know that's a, a bit of a passion project there for, for Bruce and Cindy Urban, and uh, I wanted to make sure I got that in. OperationSmiles.ca, text your donation to 45678. Junior A season uh, out here in BC, right around the corner. I know uh, Randy Troback out there in Saskatchewan. Evan uh, has lined up a couple of exhibition games with Coquitlam at some point throughout the year. I think he's trying to line up a couple others with some BC teams, which is kind of neat. Um, but as we know, like getting into the back half, uh, back third of the NLL season, that means uh, summer lacrosse just around the corner, which is maybe one of my favorite times of the year. Well, I know the kids are going to look forward to it because they finally got some new carpet in in Saskatoon. That's right, yeah. The old dusty floor of the Kinsman is gone, but yeah, I don't know. Vasily's can't wait to get on the floor. You know, he's been anxious all season. I know the SWAT have been having their tryouts, and they're going to be a contender to get to, you know, the Nationals this year. Yeah, it's. It's a definite possibility. So I'd love to see it, man. Uh, I'd love to see that. Uh, one more quick note: uh, Penn State in NCAA lacks uh, remains number one with a big victory over Maryland University. And once we get into the summer months here, I always like to talk to NCAA athletes, uh, kids that return from university or they're playing summer ball lacrosse up here, and and talk to them and their coaches about their experience down there. I, I find it fascinating stuff. So we'll look forward to a bit of that as we move well, along throughout the, the year. I can't wait for the day that we actually finally can – access NCAA games without having to go through two or three different services to get them. Oh man. Um, I, I need you know. I need a new I, I like I used to use this app called Tunnel Bear, which gave me a new IP address. So it would give me an American IP address and I used a friend's cable login and I could watch ESPN um, with a paid paid service with this app. But I got a new iPad, so I deleted everything off my old iPad, and the new, like, the updated app version for ESPN has figured out my Tunnel Bear app, so now I'm I'm screwed again. Like, I have no way to watch NC2A lacrosse on ESPN, and I'm quite rattled by it, so I'm going to have to uh, do some investigating and figure out another way, I think. Well, I mean, even when we were in Bermuda, we would take the day off for the national final, because... That atmosphere where there's what thirty, forty thousand people. Yeah, it's a spectacle. <laughs> you know, there to watch. You know, watch the Nationals play out the Final Four. Fabulous! If you if you get the chance to watch it, you've never seen it before. Definitely check it out. Well, it's on my bucket list to go watch live one time as well. I got to get down there and, and check it out in person because it just it looks like uh, a crate. They have the Div Two, Div Three finals, and then of course. The final four of Div 1, and uh, it's a huge weekend, a Memorial Day weekend down there in the States, and just looks like uh, quite the time and something I want to experience uh, in person. So it's on the list, Evan. Uh, we got to wrap things up. Another big episode in the books here of Lacrosse Classified, and big thanks to Garrett Billings. Benny McIntosh for coming by the show to you, the loyal listener. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast iTunes, Google Play. Oh, we almost forgot to Stitcher, forgot to mention one thing. Spotify, and that, is that, <laughs> and that is that the expansion draft article will be oh. out on Wednesday. Yes, I apologize. Random thoughts with Evan Schemenauer. The feature will be the expansion article, the much anticipated expansion article uh, coming out uh, tomorrow, which would be on a Wednesday. 
Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Always a good read. Thanks to you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week here on Lacrosse All-Stars. We appreciate it. Make sure you're supporting our sponsors as well. To keep the show going, Stampede Tack, Pure Vital Labs, Associated Labels, and Extreme Threads. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jay Kelly, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, we'll talk to you next time here on Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.